If you'll turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. While you're turning there, I, I guess i got to explain today why I'm uh, doing what I'm doing. I mean, typically, I guess it's 4th of July, and, and the preacher ought to come up here and say something about a 4th of July message. Well, I have nothing like 4th of July message this morning. Uh, as you know, I try my best to pray about it and see what God wants me to do. And I, I started out saying, okay, let's get a 4th of July message together. And nothing. Uh, but he led me here and, and for his purpose and his reason. And, and uh, I feel like this is what he wants me to share with you. He's in control. He knows all things. And he knows why we need to hear this today. Um, but I do want to just thank uh just mention that our, our country and, and how thankful we ought to be. I know it, it seems bad right now and a lot of junk going on and difficult things. And, and it seems like we've lost all hope. But God is still in control. Our, our God still marches on. And we just need to trust him. We need to pray for our country, pray for our leaders, um, that God will just have his, his way. So. Uh, just continue to do that. Be thankful. I hope you have a good week as we celebrate the birth of our nation this this week. Anyway, I, uh, going on with that, I, I want to just say that there, this week I, I've looked around. Like I said, I began looking for a Fourth of July message, and uh, it just wasn't coming. Uh, I've heard uh, several times this week. There's just so much around us, and we just never see it. Uh, I heard that two or three times this week. I heard it yesterday, twice, and I thought, well, okay, is there something to it? By the way, my pages are blowing up here, and I like it. Mr. Nelson has brought me a fan, and it's right there. So maybe y'all can just relax, and I won't be sweating all over everybody this morning. Thank you, Mr. Nelson. Yeah, I can preach for a while now. Might, not, might have messed up bringing that fan, I don't know. But anyway, there's so much around us and we just never see. You ever heard that you're, you're so deep in the forest, you can't see the forest for the trees? I think a lot of times we do that. Many times we focus on what's right before us. We never see the big picture. We never see what really is going on. We, we uh, sort of like a, they say that you keep your head in the sand. Like an ostrich keeps his head in the sand, and, and he just doesn't realize what's going on around him. Um, maybe we, uh, we only focus on how we think we should be, or, and it's not really how things are. And uh, I, I want to caution you with that today, especially when the Lord is doing something. A lot of times in, in churches and in our lives, and we get all mixed up in the the the. the craziness of life and and we look at our our country and we think oh it's it's terrible and all the rest but you need to really focus on the big picture god is in control uh the uh they talk about it that perilous times will come in the end times it's going to get this way i'm not encouraging it i hope it uh you know, it's soon, but then on the other part, I, I hope that we would get back to the Lord if it's not. So I don't know, but I do know that he's in control. And I do know that a lot of things have to come to pass before his return. So we need to get our eyes off the, 
the TV and all the rest and, and try to look at the positive, try to look at the good. And oh, Brother Kenny, don't you look at the news? No, I don't. I absolutely do not. The news is the most depressing thing that there is. It's full, and I, you know, oh boy, I know for a fact it's full of lies. I've been at the fire department, people. I've been interviewed by news people. They'll come out there, you tell them one thing, they go back to the news station and it's totally different by the time they get there. I've experienced that my own self. I don't believe anything the media tells you. Just my little thing there. I don't watch the news. If I need to know it, I'll find out about it. It'll be all right. I know God's in control, but I think the news just sways people in the way of thinking. This is going to come to a shock to you. What is it called, Clint? Algorithms on Facebook? They're what they call algorithms on Facebook. That's a big word that I'm using. The only reason I know it is because he told it to me. <laughs> but do you know that Facebook shows you what they basically what they want you to see or based on what you look at, that's all they show you? Based on what your friends are looking at, that's what you see? My son asked me last night, Daddy, you seeing all this stuff about ice and you seeing all these bad things and the protests and all that on your Facebook? No, I'm not. But it's all over his because he's clicked on it somewhere. He's looked at it and he's read it. So Facebook is flooding him with it. And what my point is, if you're doing that, and if you're solely relying on Facebook for your information, first of all, God help you. You're talking about a bunch of lies and mistruths, but it's going to feed you what you're looking for. And you'll never know the truth. You'll never know the other side. Now, why am I doing all that? Why am I saying, there's a story in Scripture that I believe was doing the same thing. When Jesus would come, they had their own ideas. They had their own reasons. They had their own purpose, and they missed out on the big picture. Mark chapter 2, verse 12, or 1 through 12. He said, and again, talking about Jesus, entered, uh, he entered in Capernaum after some days, and the noise that he was in the house and straightway many gathered together, and so much as there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of palsy, which was bore of four. And when they had, could, could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the floor, the roof, where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there was a certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why do this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason you these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say to the sick of palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy bed, and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin. 
He saith unto the sick of palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went be before them all, insomuch as that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion before. We never saw it on this fashion. I had it before. Father, we thank you for the day. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to come into your house to study your word. Lord, and I pray in these next few minutes that you would just reveal the truths of your word. Lord, help us to open our hearts and open our minds to see the truth as you would have us to see it. Lord, help us not to have blinders or to be deceived by Satan through lies and deceit, but to see the truth this morning and be doers of that truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now I want to go back and look at the text. Let's go back and look at verse 1. He says, again, he entered into Capernaum. That means he was at Capernaum before, but what had happened is he was there and he did miracles. He cast out demons, he healed the sick, and the, 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 it got all through the town that Jesus was doing this. The crowds began to come. Uh, then he cast a demon out of a man, and he told him, he said, don't go tell anybody, go to the priest, and this is in chapter 1, go to the priest and, and uh, be cleansed with him and make it right according to the law. Remember at this time, they're still under the law. So he told him to do that, don't tell anybody. Well, he told everybody. Could you imagine? You'd want to tell everybody. And as he did, the crowds grew more and more where Jesus could not even hardly come into the town, the street. You think uh, Atlanta's got bad traffic. There was bad traffic here. Jesus couldn't even get it walk into the town, let alone drive a car or ride a, ride a horse. And so he went out into the desert, and, and when there he was praying all alone and fasting. Well, then he comes back to Capernaum, and this is where we start up here. And, uh, it, and then it, the word got out, hey, Jesus is back. The noise was in the, that he was in the house. You know, a black preacher would have a good time with that message right there. The Lord is in the house. I love to hear him preach. Do you know that when the Lord's in the house, things happen? You all understand it? When God is in the house, things happen. Now, I'm not going to go all soul on you, but that's a good message just right there. Keep that in mind. When God is in the house, things happen. Luke gives the same account of what happened here, and he says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. God's power was present. Jesus was there, and his power was on him to heal and to minister to their needs. It was a wonderful event. I mean, he had he had been healing. He had cast out demons. He had uh, he had, had showed his display of his power over nature when the, they were out, and and he got out in the boat, and and he got through preaching. He told me, he said, "Hey, go out there and go fishing." Oh Lord, we've been fishing all night. He said, I, "I don't care about all night. Go out there and cast your nets on the other side of the boat." They cast their nets. They couldn't lift the nets up. They were so full of fish. He was demonstrating his power over nature. He demonstrated his power over sickness. He demonstrated his power over the demons. And now he had come here and these great things were happening, wonderful things were happening. 
And then uh, the, the noise it says, uh, the word got out that, many, that he was there, he was in the house. Verse 2, and straightway many gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. He, he, uh, he preached the word unto them. This was standing room only. Today we call it in our churches the, the overflow room. That means this whole church would have been packed out, the doors open, people standing, looking in, trying to hear. The overflow room is full. There's no way to get in. And here Jesus is. This is a, a home, a single-story home, probably a dirt floor, and it's packed out. All of the town is there. Jesus is standing probably in the middle, and he's preaching the word to them. Wonderful thing. Keep in mind, wonderful things are happening. Great things are happening. And then as he's standing there teaching and preaching, I want you to look, there's several groups here. Several groups that are in attendance here. They have those of faith. We had some Pharisees. Luke tells us that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law, which are called scribes by Mark in verse 6. Those who were sick. Uh, those who were just curious. And those who are searching for the answers to life. Can you imagine which one are you? When, when you come here, what are you, what are you asking God for? What are you looking for? You had all varieties of people here. Some that needed healing. Some that were hurting inside. They wanted to know the answer to life. What was the purpose? What was the meaning of life? And Jesus, they wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. There were some, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, we'll talk about in just a minute. But let's look at those of faith. We had a, a four men in verse 3. And then there was one sick of palsy lying on a bed. Now they, uh, I don't know if they tried to get to Jesus before because of the crowds, but they knew he was there. They knew that the only hope this man has was to get to Jesus. They come up to the door and there's no way in the door. They look in the windows, there's no way in the windows. The house is packed out. So what do they do? As we see, and in, in probably the, what was there was a stairway of the, the, the old houses of that time. They had an outside stairway that would go up on the roof. We see that throughout scripture where they were on the rooftop. Uh, that's where they would go and retire after supper. You just sort of, you know, you, you sit on your front porch, they sit on their rooftop. So, excuse me. So here we have this home with probably a, at least a ladder or stairway on the outside, and, and it goes up to the rooftop. And they, they decide, hey, we'll go up there. Now imagine one of them got up in the window and looked and said, well, he's about three-quarters of the way back. Sort of in the center. All right, I got it. And they climb up and they sort of calculate where Jesus may be standing. And they start tearing the roof apart. Now, could you imagine when I'm standing here preaching and all of a sudden the stuff starts falling out of the ceiling? Dust and you hear all kinds of racket and noise. Now, the roofs of that time uh, was, was uh, what they call thatch. And they would take either some kind of... Uh, 
organic some leaves or whatever, spread them out real thick, put mud on top of that, and maybe another layer and then mud on top of that. Well, this one, Luke says, had tiles even on top of it, probably some kind of clay tiles. So they're peeling the tiles back. They're peeling the thatch back. They're digging mud. They're making a hole big enough to let their friend through down to see Jesus. So they brought him sick of the pot of them. And, and when the, verse 4 says, And when they could not come nigh to him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherewith was the sick of palsy. Luke says that they laid the man before Jesus, before him. They laid him before him. They knew that the only help that this man had, the only hope that this man had was in Jesus. They had to get their friend to Jesus. They were determined. They didn't give up when they saw the crowd. Uh, they, they were creative in how they got. I thought that was pretty creative, right? Uh, they used all their resources. They weren't in, uh, influenced by the difficulty of the task or the situation. Their mind was set on one goal, and that was to get their friend to Jesus. And let me ask you something this morning. How important is it for your friends to get to Jesus? How important is it for this church to reach this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ? not really my message today, but it's a really good point. How important, is it important enough for us to say, oh, it's hot, brother, oh, we've done it before, brother Kenny, and they didn't want to hear it. Oh, the, you don't understand there's dogs. They don't want to hear it. The dogs might bite us. People don't want to hear it anymore. How important is it? I think if we could, and my son, you know, y'all don't think I'm pointing at you. If I am, I got three fingers pointing back. How important is it to, the, to us that they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do we really believe that there is a hell and people are going there someday? Do we really believe God's love for them? Are we willing to be creative, to think outside the box a little bit? That's what these did. They knew the man's only hope was going to Jesus. They had to think out. This was not normal practices of that time. They had to come up with a new way of thinking, to be creative in their thoughts, to use the resources that God had given them, to do all they could to be sure their friend got to Jesus. Well, wouldn't it be nice if we could do that as a church? If the church is, a, and there's many of them that are. Many of them are. We just meet on Sunday morning and have a good time. I pray that God would give us a heart to bring the lost to Jesus, including me. It is the most important thing that it will happen in all of eternity. And sometimes I think we just take it for granted. Sometimes we don't think outside the box. We don't use the resources. We let little problems discourage us and we don't do it. To share with your friends at work. Oh, I can't talk about that at work, Brother Kenny. One day they'll wish you had. All right, I'm going to move on. See, if we could get our focus 
off of our problems and off our situation and get our focus on getting people to Jesus. You think it'd make a difference in our country? Yeah, I, what little of the news and things I do see, it is just heartbreaking to me to watch some of the things that are going on in our country today. And, and it'd be real easy for me to say, you know, I just, ah, that's just silly. That's liberal way of thinking. That's democratic, that's republican. And I'm not gonna get into politics. But we can look at these people that don't think like we do and try to condemn them and all that. But the truth is, is our country needs Jesus. Our country needs a savior. They need to know the truth. I mean, they're, they're in their own little world. They hear what they want to hear, and they think that is the truth. And the truth is nothing like that. So we need to pray for them. We need to think about how we can to reach these that are doing this and that are, are walking in darkness. Look what happened, verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Wow, what a blessing. He came for healing. What did he get? Salvation. Eternal healing. He got Jesus. He, he got salvation. He came for healing and got salvation. What a blessing he received that day. Now look at some of the other groups real quick. But there was certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoned in their heart... Why did this man speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? Now you're talking about your head in the sand. I look at these guys here and say, what are you thinking? You know, I look at a lot of times, you ever thought about that? Why didn't Israel, why did they ever turn away from God? I mean, they saw the Red Sea parted. They saw the, the Moses come down out of the mountains with the tablets and all the wonderful, why in the world, how in the world could they not believe? How could they not trust him? And these guys are sitting here, they've witnessed him casting out demons, they've witnessed him healing people. And now they've witnessed him heal and say, your sins are forgiven you. And what they focus on, he can't say that. He can't do that. Yeah, he might can heal. He might can cast out demons, but he can't say his sins forgiven you. Only God can do that. See, Jesus has stepped it up now. He's revealed his power over, over sickness. He revealed his power over nature. He revealed his power over Satan and his demons. Now he's revealing his power over sin. That ought to make you want to jump up and down right there. But they wanted to argue that. They had the tunnel vision. They didn't know the truth. They couldn't see the truth that was right before them. All they wanted to do was argue and complain about what he had said and disregard all that he had done. A lot of times we do that ourselves, right? God has blessed us beyond anything. We are, are of, of, of his people most blessed. But let a little thing come along. God hates me. 
My life is terrible. And all we want to focus on is our little problem. And we forget all about all the blessings, all the great wonderful things that God has done through us and for us in our lives. And we just want to, everything's terrible. Hello? Y'all wait? I'm the only one that does that here. Tough, ain't it? But that's how we are. That's our human nature. And that's what these were doing to Jesus here. The naysayers and the doubters. Brother Kenny, you can't do that. We ain't never done that before. I serve a big God. I think we can. As long as he's leading us. I think we can do all things through Christ. I'm just that silly. If we just trust him. We don't need the naysayers. They couldn't see the truth because they were too focused on, their, on what they had in mind. They were too focused, as I said a few weeks ago, more on religion than they were the Savior. That was their problem. Jesus reveals that he is God again, uh, not only in forgiving sin, but he reveals it in verse 8. He said, Jesus perceives in his spirit, only God can see your heart. I can say I know Trish Powell as long as I want to, or I know Kenneth Murphy, or I know my wife Robin. But I don't know them like God knows them. God looks at the heart. He knows every thought. Everything that goes through your mind. He knows your motivations. He knows your depressions. He knows everything you're going through. He knows you better than you know you. And he revealed that he was God by being able to do that here again. And he asked him, why do you reason among yourself? Why do you question this? Is it, is it easier to say, take up thy bed and walk, than it is to say the forgiveness of sins? See the Bible in Jeremiah 32, 27, it says, There is nothing too hard for God. And God asked Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. He asked Jeremiah, Is there anything too is there anything too hard for God? We don't act like it sometimes, do we? Yeah, it's great that he can do that, and he created the mountains and he created the earth and and he brought salvation to the world, but you just don't know the financial problems I got. Don't that sound silly? You don't know my little teenage child is, wow, well, that is a tough one for God, but he can handle it. I love y'all. I was a teenager once too. There is nothing too big for God. There's nothing too difficult for God. We gotta get that in our mind. And he goes on to say, I gotta keep moving, I'm out of time. But that you may know that the Son of Man, this is why he did, that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sin. And then he turned to the sick of palsy and he says, Take up your bed and walk. See, Jesus revealed his power over all forces, over, over sickness, over death, over demons, over nature, and ultimately over sin. When he came and he gave his life, his life he had never sinned, never committed, he gave his life on the cross for you and me. 
that we can have victory over sin. See, Jesus did that, and it wasn't too big a thing. If we could get this in our mind, if we could just, just for a minute, get our head out of the sand, just for a minute, stop thinking about, uh, I'm going to be nice here. I better not say that. Whatever it is you're thinking about, <laughs> you know what it is. That is distracting you from what the mighty, wonderful things that God is doing in your life. See, Satan's a lot like Facebook. I didn't say Satan's Facebook, okay? Don't go saying I said that. But it's a lot like Facebook. See, Satan knows. Satan's a lot like these Pharisees. It's okay. He can heal. It's okay. He can cast out a demon or two. It's okay. He can make the fish get in the net or calm the sea. That's okay. But don't let him know that he forgave your sin. Don't let him know that he has forgiven you all of your sin. Because he knows if he's got that on you, you will never have victory. You will never see the things that he has for you. You'll be living a defeated life. You'll want to come in this church and hang your head low. Christians, you want to say here and say, oh yeah, he's forgiven sin, but you want to walk out and condemn someone else for something they've done wrong? Hello? If he's forgiven you, he can forgive them. And we ought to be a forgiving people in here. I don't care who it is that walks through that door. They are welcome in this place. If Jesus welcomes them, I welcome them. If Jesus can forgive them, I can forgive them. That is victory. That is victory. But Satan wants you to know. He don't want you, excuse me, he doesn't want you to know that Jesus forgave you all. He said, well, I don't know how bad I am. You don't know what things I've done wrong. No, I don't, but he does. And he has forgiven you already. He's just waiting for you to confess it to him, to agree with him that it is sin. That's all he's wanting from you. And if you could get to that part, I, I, I don't know who, are, who you are today, where you're at. Are you, are you just curious? Are you coming by faith? Are you just searching for the answers of life? Just like this group that was in this house. What's your situation? Jesus is there to tell you, I can forgive sin. I can heal your broken heart. I can give you meaning to life. I can do all of that. All power is given me. And if we could get that in our minds, I like that last statement. First of all, Jesus was in the house, right? When he was in the house, wonderful things happened. The last part of verse 12, it says, we have never seen it this way before. I'm paraphrasing. But could, could you imagine if we just got our hearts set on bringing the lost to Jesus? No matter what it takes, be creative. Think outside the box. We got revival coming up. We got vacation Bible school coming up. Let's pack this place with children. Let's pack this place with people so they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
He's in the house. He's doing wonderful things here at our church. Let's, let's fill this place. Let's bring him to Jesus. And then maybe we can just look back and say, wow, I ain't never seen it this way before. I've heard that down here. I ain't never seen Bethel do that before. They've told me, we've never had a bus before. Ain't God great. Ain't God great. Through your willingness to follow him and to give. And we never, we didn't have this. We didn't have, well, let's do it. There is nothing too hard for God. He's in the house. Let him reveal his glory. Get, start thinking outside the box. Stop worrying about all the little problems and keep your focus on him. Father, we thank you for the day. Lord, I don't know what this message was who or Lord, why you intended or wanted me to give it. But Lord, I feel like I've been obedient. Lord, I pray that, you're, that the Holy Spirit now would speak through your word. To reveal the truth to someone here today, maybe to me, Lord. Lord, search me, try me. Lord, is there something in my heart that I needed this? Is there something in our heart that we needed this message today to, to bring healing? Lord, maybe we need to understand that no matter what we do, you love us, you gave yourself for us, and you've forgiven us. Lord, you want to do great and mighty things through us if we just follow you and trust you. We thank you for that. Lead and guide us now and have your perfect will. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.